our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hello, everybody. My name is Diana. For as long as I can remember, my money has always disappeared. No matter what I do, no matter how much I earn, it always runs away from me. And it's, you know, really annoying. My parents used to call me a slacker, which was very nice and affectionate of them, but really, it was like my curse. I really couldn't hold on to anything. I lost most of the time. And sometimes it was not just money, but other valuables as well. Keys, jewelry, and even important documents. For this reason, I was not trusted with anything. But only my parents knew about this, and I got into it when I grew up. I remember one time my parents and I went to my Aunt Emmy's wedding. Her daughter was getting married. I was shocked by the beauty of it. There was a beautiful tent, beautiful white tables, and the ceremony was on the ocean front. It was the kind of wedding any girl would dream of. My parents and I took our seats, and just before it started, the maid of honor took me by the hand and asked my mom to help me with something. Before we knew it, the maid of honor said someone had an urgent need to bring rings and hold them on a cushion, and I was the only one of the little free girls. I excitedly took the cushion, they put the rings there for me, and the ceremony began. The bride came out to beautiful music. It was just adorable. I looked at her and thought that, when I grew up, I wanted to be as beautiful at my wedding as she was. Everything went harmoniously, and then the vows were announced. A sign showed me to come up, and I ran as fast as I could in their direction, with flowers and a light breeze blowing, and then I stepped on something sharp and almost fell down next to her fiancé. He picked me up and looked me straight in the eye. Now that's a handsome man, I said, looking at him. Rings! I stood up abruptly from his arms and was like, What? Rings? Where? Just as I came to my senses, I noticed that their rings were slowly drifting away from us, slammed by a wave as I was saved from falling. Like the pillow, they floated away into the open ocean. Oh man, the bride fainted on the spot. Somebody told her it was bad luck, so I didn't tell her that I was just a slob. She was the one who entrusted me with such an important assignment. A couple of years after the incident, my father and I went to run an errand. It was necessary to re-register the house. Dad was in a big hurry, so he told me to run to the bedroom and get the documents while he warmed up the car. So I did. I ran into their bedroom, found it, put it in my bag, and ran back. On the way, I had a really bad urge to use the bathroom, so I grabbed my bag and got back in the car after I was done. On arrival, my father asked for the documents, and I remembered that they were in my bag. But I had left it in the public toilet. Of course, it was no longer there, along with my wallet and a bunch of other documents. We then spent another six months restoring everything. And then I grew up even more and got a job. I left my first paycheck along with my wallet on a bus on the way home. I left the second one in a phone booth, and that's when it hit me. I came home in tears. My parents tried to calm me down, but it was impossible. 
Mom, Dad, why is it like this? Why am I so clumsy? Why do I always lose everything? Why does my money run away from me? Why is it like this? I don't want it. I'm tired. And I don't have the strength to work for free anymore. Daughter, you're just talking about yourself. Things like this happen. I've lost my wallet, too. That was the first time in your life. Well, it happened. I lose it all the time. I can't take it anymore. Maybe you should go to a fortune teller. What do you mean? Well, what if she helps you? Remember Aunt Lisa? She always suffered from a bad memory, and no treatment helped, but a fortune teller did. Do you think I'm cursed? No, but I think it's good to go. What if she can help? Maybe you're right. Mom found her number, and I went to see her for a session. The fortune teller said at once that I have problems with my values, and after listening to me, she said that soon someone would ask me to give up something of value, and it would change my fate. Oh my god, am I not going to deliver again? I can only see that, after this, you will have a change of attitude towards yourself. Uh-huh, I see. And I was also told that you were good at this. Thanks for nothing. I got mad and went out of there angry. My mom tried to calm me down, but it was useless. I was born with this rock and I'll die with it. What are you talking about? What if she's right about something? What she said can be interpreted in every way possible because she didn't say anything at all. We left it there. I got on with my life, went back to work, and forgot about the fortune teller. A couple of days later, when I was coming home, I saw my neighbor on the way back. She was sitting right in the middle of the yard, crying. I ran up to her and asked, What happened? And she started crying and saying that she had to give money to her daughter in Germany, that she had someone waiting for her to do it, and if she was late, there would be terrible consequences. But you could do it through the bank? She's not doing well with her documents. Her husband kicked her out of the house and took everything. So I'm sending her money for the ticket through people. She's all alone there with the baby. Wait, where is this person? On Maple Street. It's a little far, but I can give you a ride. I fell when I came out of the house and I twisted my ankle, and an ambulance is coming to get me. But what about the money? Oh, shit. I wanted to help, but suddenly I remembered how this usually ends. So I hesitated and wondered how I could help. And then the neighbor suddenly asked me to do it for her. But I... You're our only hope, darling. You're our only hope. The ambulance came. She shoved her purse to me with the money and left. And I stood there confused, exhaled, and decided to myself that now I had to cope. Her daughter and granddaughter's lives were on the line. I got in the car and drove at full speed through the city, to the detriment of the traffic pushing as hard as I could. And then the gas tank light flashed. Damn it, not now! Why didn't I get gas sooner? Ugh. Okay, I'll stop at the nearest gas station. I said to myself and quickly parked near the gas station. There was no time. I ran out and as fast as I could, I paid the money at the register, then filled up and got in the car. Only when I got in, I saw that my neighbor's purse with her money was not in the car. I felt as if I'd been doused with ice water. I felt sick and searched the cabin, but the purse was gone. And then I saw a car drive out of the gas station sharply. And I saw my neighbor's purse on the dashboard in the front. Not this time, I yelled, and I hit the gas pedal. I chased after the driver. There was a young guy at the wheel, maybe my age. I chased him all over town. I didn't have much time left, but I was lucky he was going in the direction I wanted to go in the first place. 
I cut him off, honked my horn, yelled through the window. But he wouldn't give up, driving really fast. Suddenly I remembered what the fortune teller had said about how this would change me, and I thought I would never forgive myself if I let my neighbor down. I dialed 911 and told the situation along the way, dictating the license plate number and describing the driver. Suddenly he swerved and we were on a narrow street with no way to turn around. He ditched the car and ran with a purse in hand. I grabbed my phone and ran after him over the roofs of the cars. It was crazy. Then I managed to trace his route with my eyes. There was only one way out of there and I took a detour, cutting my way through the balconies of houses. I didn't think I could do that. When he was about to run out of a yard, I just fell on top of him with all my weight and pushed him down with me, simultaneously dictating the address to the police. Give me the money, you thief. It's not your money. It's mine. Do you understand? He didn't make a sound, just tried to get away. A good thing I was heavier than him. Then I managed to tie his hands with a strap of my neighbor's purse, and the cops arrived. It turned out that the guy was deaf and dumb. What's more, he was already stealing money from several people, saving up for a hearing aid. I grabbed my purse and counted the money. It was all there, but I was running out of time. So I asked the police for a ride and explained the situation, and they drove me to the center with flashers in a matter of minutes. At the very last moment, I managed to find the right man and give him the money. The thief was taken away, and everyone knew what I had done. They filmed me apprehending him and leaked it on the internet. My neighbor thanked me, and I was just so happy. A few days later, I was presented with an award from the police department. They thanked me for my cooperation. You wouldn't believe how much I loved myself at that moment. They gave me a medal for bravery and civic duty. But wouldn't you know it, I lost the medal the same day. Oh well, it's good to have the pictures anyhow. What a day. Do we have guests again? And just when I want to sit in silence, our house turns into a square where there is a free concert. Mr. Evans, good to see you. You look tired, the doorman said politely. Thank you, Henry, it's good to see Aww. you, too. And yes, I'm really tired. How long have the guests been here? Exactly two hours ago. My dear mother's idea again, you're absolutely right. Yes, she's in Aww. her usual. Is your father home? Will you be having dinner in the bedroom? Oh, Henry, I'd love to, but you know my mother, she won't let you relax in her own house when we have guests. Thanks for the care. Have a nice evening, sir. Meet me, this is me. My name is Dick. As you have already understood, I am the son of rich people and I do not always like it. And despite the fact that everyone keeps saying that happiness is in money, that I have everything, and I do not know the words need and hunger, I will tell you directly and with absolute accuracy that happiness is not in money. At least not only that. Why? You'll see for yourself. Hi son, you're late today, how are you? Hi mom, yes, I had some business. In honor of what guests? In honor of politeness and companionship, son, you should understand. Again father forced. Not forced and proposed I supported. You know, he works hard to make sure you have everything. The reception is only a small part of what you can do for your family. So smile. Maybe I need your money. Sorry, what? As you can see, I don't like all these tricks. 
My father constantly arranges them with my mother, because only in such an informal, as he says, environment, he can normally communicate with investors, clients, colleagues, and so on. My mother always supported his initiatives. They kept saying they were doing it for me. But, no one asked, what do I really need? I was in a terrible state that night, because I was so tired. The bad mood was finished off by the reception, and I thought it could not be worse, but it turned out to be when Josh came into my room. Josh! What are you doing in my room? Icky, you need to be more hospitable, especially to me. What do you want? Get lost. You've been missed here. Come on, you know your father and mine are about to start a major new construction project. It wouldn't be nice if you hurt your father's partner's son. Especially considering the fact that my father contributes a larger percentage of the investment than yours. That's their business, not ours. Don't call me Dickie and get out of my room. Hoity-toity, is our Dickie still mad? Come on, we were friends once, remember? Decided to be friends with homeless people. The moment Josh spoke to me, he was standing with a glass of something strong in his hand, I knew he was drunk, but I can't let go of the situation that destroyed our friendship. Oh, man, Dickie, that was some beggar girl, and you stood up for her like she was your own. You bullied the poor girl, disgraced her, made fun of her. How did you even think of that? If she has no money, then she is nobody. Then she is a beggar and not our equal, brother. Don't call me that, okay? You're not my brother. Ah, is that so? What about our friendship? We've been friends for 10 years. Or it doesn't mean anything. The money has turned your head. Money has given me confidence and everything I want. This is my life, Dickie, and this is what I want. And you're probably confused about yourself. That lost. I won't talk to you about it. Yes, Josh left, but he was really hurt by that incident at the gas station. I stood up for the poor girl he bullied and laughed at, and he thinks I betrayed him or traded him away. In any case, we did not agree, but our fathers do not know about it. After all, they're partners, and if they find out about Josh and me, it might be bad for the business. Josh's father was richer, and my father indulged him in many ways, just to keep in touch with him. Josh knew about his father's influence, and that's why he was so famous. Auntie, did you make lasagna just for me, you're a miracle. I know, my boy. Eat, or you've lost weight this week. While I was eating, Josh came into the room. It's him again. He looked at our servants with undisguised disgust, and then turned to the cook, Antoinette. He pointed at her and ordered her to cook him a chop. You're not in a restaurant, Josh. Ask politely and apologize, I told him, but he wouldn't listen. If you always protect the poor, you'll be the same, he told me. Apologize to your aunt, I demanded, but Josh wouldn't listen. He walked over to his aunt and threw her lasagna on the floor with his hand. And I couldn't help myself. I threw myself at Josh, knocked him to the ground, and we got into a fight. We broke a lot of dishes, attracted attention, and our fathers were in the first rows. And then my mother came over. Boys, stop it, my mother shouted. 
We stopped abruptly at her voice, and I could tell by her face that we had better go outside. All the guests abruptly left, and we were left alone in the living room. I knew I was in for a good fight, so I wanted to dilute the situation a little. Why did everyone leave? Because I didn't share the lasagna with them. Not funny, dick. Do you have any idea what kind of concert you're doing there? Not only that, my father will now have to apologize to Josh's father for a week. So don't apologize. What did you say? Don't apologize. If you don't like it, why do it? My words must have sent my father into a fever. He flew into the room and started shouting that he and my mother were doing all this for us, that my whole life would be secure and that I should be eternally grateful that I was born into a rich family. But you know what? I wasn't happy. I'm tired of all this. It is more expensive to remain silent, to endure and to agree in everything. How much is your position worth? Is it possible to buy your opinion if you consider yourself 1000% right? My father punished me and sent me to my room. But that wasn't the end of the story. Thanks to my fight with Josh, I went to visit them the next day with an apology. The door was not open for me for a long time, so I entered the house through the back entrance. Absolutely. We have them in check now. Their son offended mine, so now I can afford to jump on the Evans' head, dangle my legs and laugh. Thanks to their feeble-minded dick for the trick, it went into our hands. So what's the first thing you do? I lacked out the scene first, add some drama. At this time, my lawyers will evaluate our success and its failure. I'll charge the Evans around some, have them reimburse me as compensation, and then I'll continue to suck the juice out of them until I take everything. This is going to be revenge for Dick hitting Josh over some lowlife. I stood and listened to the dialogue of Josh's parents, managed to turn on the recorder and quietly escape. In the <sighs> evening, I gave the recording to my father to listen to. And as you understand, we managed to build a defense before the attack. It saved our money, reputation, and image. Tell me, did you guys like my story? Write your opinion about it in the comments below the video, do not forget to put likes, share the video with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. As if with a snap of my fingers, I suddenly was able to get inside people's heads. Well, not with a snap, of course, but because of a massive collision with the car bumper. And not literally get inside, but only to read minds. But still, this event turned my life upside down. Hi, my name's Emma, and I'm going to tell you why reading other people's minds isn't as cool as it sounds. Up till a certain point, I was living a carefree life in Boston <laughs> with my parents. Ever since I was a kid, I was very active. I was eager to do it all. Sing, paint, organize birthday parties for everyone I knew. My parents would always stop me and say, Emma, maybe you should focus on one thing at a time. But I didn't understand why, when there was so much to do in the world. By high school, I was already the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper, chairman of the debate club, and a straight-A student. I don't know how you do it all. My friend Nora used to tell me, I have to study for my math test, and it's like you're a thousand miles ahead of me. It just seems that way. I can barely keep up. I've got a paper to write, and a violin lesson, and... 
A date with Lionel? Yeah. I blushed a little. We're going to the movies tonight. Cool. I hope it goes well for you. I adored Nara, and I could talk to her about anything. We'd been best friends since kindergarten. From the moment Nora told me that she kissed Tom, we never hid anything from each other. She was the one who introduced me to Lionel. I was so nervous before the date. I asked myself the usual questions. What to wear? What should we talk about? Does he really like me? What if he thinks I'm boring? Doubts overwhelmed me for the rest of the evening. But nothing bad happened. We ended up having a great conversation. He told me about how they were preparing for the new soccer season and how the whole team got food poisoning from Patrick's sandwiches. And I said something about the upcoming newspaper release. Even though we didn't have similar interests, we still found common ground. The next day, I didn't remember what the movie was about. But I remembered the moment when Lionel grabbed my hand and then timidly let it go. The school newsroom was as noisy and chaotic as usual. Even though our work was not paid, it felt as if we were preparing for an issue of Times Magazine. Emma, where have you been? You're late! Was the first thing I heard when I walked into the room. That served as our office. Tim grudgingly crossed his arms and waited for me to answer. Urgent business. We don't know what to put on the front page. The story about the poisoning of the soccer team, or Brad Falchuk's story about the school being overrun by zombies. No horror stories! I exclaimed. The story isn't as bad as usual. Tim sad and showed me the manuscript. No, I'd rather have a story about soccer players. We give them too much attention as it is. What if they miss the new season? That's important news. Tim muttered something. Brad was his friend, so he was always bringing his horribly written stories to the newsroom. In general, Tim was a great assistant. We often disagreed, though. He hated sports and school gossip. I, on the other hand, thought it was an important part of school life. If there's a fresh love story, preferably a sad one with yelling and crying, it's great for the paper. So, our paper was either loved or hated. Even though I was busy most of the time, I still managed to find time for Lionel. Going to the movies and coffee shops with him, listening to music. I even went to his team practice sometimes. After a while, we could no longer be without each other. One day, I stayed late at the newsroom and was late for a date with Lionel. I got out of school and saw a bus approaching the bus stop. I rushed towards it. There was a loud hunk and a screech of brakes when I was halfway there. I froze for a moment, and then there was darkness. I woke up at the hospital. My head felt heavy, like a marble ball. Everything was a blur. I could see faces, but I didn't recognize them. Then I fell asleep again. As I was later told, I ran onto the road without looking around and was hit by a car. The recovery process took several weeks. During that time, I discovered the strangest thing. Sometimes, I thought I could hear someone talking, but their mouth was closed. At the same time, I thought it was some kind of side effect of the medication, but I was wrong. The first time I realized that there was something wrong with me was when I was driving home with my parents. I settled in the backseat and heard my mom say, what was she thinking? She almost died. Always running around like a wind-up doll. That's not true. I tried to justify myself. I was in a hurry, and that car came out of nowhere. What are you talking about, honey? We don't blame you, said my father. Mom said I was a wind-up doll. I never said that, she protested, her eyes widening in surprise. But I just heard you say it. 
I didn't say anything, she said firmly, and then added to herself. How does she know what I was thinking? I hope I can make it to the game, my father said to himself. You just picked me up from the hospital, and you're already thinking about the game? No, I'm not. Dad protested, dumbfounded. And then, is she reading my mind? Hmm. No, it can't be. She can probably tell by the look on my face that I want to get to the game in time. I leaned back in my seat and just stared out the window. I need to come to my senses. Everyone probably feels like they can hear or see something after an accident. I didn't pay much attention to the whole incident. But what happened at school could no longer be mistaken for an accident or post-hospital fatigue. As I entered the school building, fragments of phrases flashed through my head, which seemed to be addressed to no one in particular. No one notices me. It's like I'm invisible. I'll probably have to repeat the year, unless I manage to cheat in math. She said she didn't meet up with Darren, but I saw them. I need to eat less. I need to eat less. I looked at everyone with a surprised, almost frantic look. Then Kevin came up to me. It's good to see you. I hope you've recovered. When Kevin finished his sentence, I immediately heard his voice. Miss Perfect is going to remind us again how insignificant we all are, even though she herself can't even cross the road safely. I didn't understand where the voice was coming from. It made me feel uncomfortable. Were those his thoughts? The idea slipped through my head. Okay, I'll see you in biology class. Kevin left before I could answer, and I ran into Nora. She jumped up to me and gave me a big hug. I was so worried about you. And immediately, damn, I wish she could stay in the hospital forever. Why? I exclaimed. Aren't you glad to see me? I am, very much so. Nora fluttered her eyelashes innocently, and at that moment, I heard. Do I have it written all over my face that I'm not thrilled at all? I see. I walked out of the school and sat down on the bench. What's going on? I thought, why isn't anyone happy to see me? Am I going crazy? Or can I really read their minds? I heard something about people waking up with superpowers after an accident, but it can be true, right? The facts proved otherwise. I could clearly hear what people were thinking, and as it turned out, a lot of people didn't have the highest opinion of me. Show off. Well, here she comes. Homecoming queen. Dummy. Though their faces lit up with the most benevolent smiles in the world, that's when Lionel appeared. It would be better if it were a dream and not reality. Hey, Emma. He put his arm around my waist and kissed me on the cheek. How are you? Terrible. I feel like I'm going crazy. I wish you were. I wouldn't have to lie to you about Nora. What are you talking about? I didn't say anything. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to work out. Sure. My head was spinning. Lionel and Nora? No way. They wouldn't do that to me. But Warren's thoughts finally convinced me of what I didn't want to believe. Poor Emma. Doesn't even know her boyfriend was hanging out with Nora while she was in the hospital. I was shattered and depressed. Everyone turned their backs on me. Just as I was about to burst into tears, I heard a familiar voice behind me. She's back. It was Tim. Don't think that we were struggling without you. And then to himself. But the truth is, it was a mess here without you. It's so good that you're back. I sneered. Everything has probably fallen into shambles in the last three weeks. Not at all. People got a break from all the gossip. At least. 
You're probably right. What? What happened to Emma who used to chase every tabloid headline? Still at the hospital. Tim smiled, and I could hear what he was thinking. How glad I am to see you. If only you knew how much I've missed you. I was so surprised by what I heard. I couldn't really say anything, especially since I had to go to class. I always thought Tim didn't like me, but it turned out that wasn't the case. Somehow, I pulled myself together and got back to doing what I like best. I devoted even more energy to the school paper. I spent hours reading textbooks. I played the violin and a lot of other things. But I also wanted to get even with Nora and Lionel. So, I wrote an article about the two-faced couple. It came out pretty bitter and spiteful. I shouldn't have been so harsh, but it was too late to change it. Nora was very affected by the anonymous article, and I think you can all guess who the author was. I got a lot of fans after that article. Emma's really cool to do something like this. How conniving they are. That Lionel and Nora was in everyone's mind, and while everyone sympathized with me, everyone was avoiding Nora and calling her a stalker behind her back. So, my best friend became my sworn enemy. She, in fact, started a rumor that I was the first one who stole her boyfriend. I had to write a rebuttal article. People's opinion of me and Nora changed literally every day. I was either a liar or a hero. This whole show is beginning to annoy me. The only one who was consistently supportive of me the whole time was Tim. Yeah, forget it. People say what they say. You know how easy it is to manipulate other people's opinions. I think you did the right thing. You don't like articles like that. Yeah, but they deserved it. Nora didn't want to apologize and make peace with me. Instead, she and Lionel decided to take revenge on me. Not just verbally. She stole my diary and scattered the pages all over school. Now everyone knew something that wasn't meant for the wider audience. When I came to school, everyone already knew my secrets. Tim wanted to calm me down and give me a hug, but my emotions got the better of me, and I ran out into the street. The car came out of nowhere in the same spot as the last time. I think the road was cursed or something. I ended up in the hospital again. Nothing serious this time. I bruised my arm and banged my head slightly. The effect was staggering. I no longer heard voices. I can hear anyone's thoughts. People were a mystery to me again. Tim was visiting me in the hospital the whole time, <laughs> updating me on the latest news. The school principal investigated what had happened and found out what Nora had done. She was suspended from school for a while. Our feud stopped only a month later, when we were finally able to have a normal conversation. <laughs> Meanwhile, my relationship with Tim took a turn. At first, we just started talking a lot, but then he admitted that he'd been in love with me for a long time. I really like you too. I told him. When I went back to school, I was well aware that everyone knew my secrets, but I couldn't hear anything else, and I didn't care what anyone thought of me. The main thing was that I had someone around me who liked me and always supported me. Although, this had no effect on our work at the newspaper. Tim and I continued to argue for hours about what to put on the front page. So, that's my story. Tell me. Would you like to be able to read other people's minds? And how would you use that ability? Write about it in the comments. Hi everyone, my name is Cassie, and I'm so perfect that all the boys lose their heads over me. However, at some point, all that changed. Well, I'm so perfect that I shine brighter than the sun. 
I mean, there's got to be a reason why all guys lose their head over me, and probably their vision, because I'm a real dazzler. Every one of them dreams of being my boyfriend, and I'm hoping amongst all this mighty crowd to find the one who'll also dazzle me with his brilliance, and ideally with some diamonds. Boys fight for my attention all the time. I'm used to it. Once, two boys even did a motorbike race for me. I sat bored in the bleachers of the stadium, painting my nails while they rode around. I have no idea what they were trying to accomplish. I left the stadium immediately after a local rich kid texted me. Oh, you have no idea how long I've been on the hunt for him. For the first time in my life, I had to chase someone, instead of turning around and laughing at the poor saps who tried to chase me. But unfortunately, I got my hopes up for nothing when Mark asked me out. He just invited me to a party, and then he just treated me like a friend. But it's better than sitting in the stadium and waiting for two idiots to finish a useless race. Anyway, I was enjoying my life as Miss Perfect. At some point, however, I sensed something wasn't right. In fact, I noticed various prophetic signs as early as this morning. For instance, my hairdryer stopped working. I accidentally broke a nail with a nail file. How is that possible? Well, somehow, it is possible. I must have been cursed by some evil nail master spirit. Also, I was in such a hurry to get to school. I wore a shirt that totally didn't match the skirt. At first, I wasn't surprised that the boys weren't paying attention to me. After all, I wasn't in the best shape, and they must have noticed my broken nail. However, it turned out to be much worse. A new girl came to our school who wowed absolutely everyone with her beauty. Even Mark, who I'd been chasing. That's when I knew I was screwed. Not only was she more perfect than me, I wasn't even in the best shape that day. And the new Miss Perfect also noticed my broken nail, my flawed hairstyle, and my horrible shirt. Who is that? I asked my classmate. Her name is Rebecca, and she's joining our class. What? She's going to be our classmate? Oh no! As soon as the new girl walked into class, I was afraid that all the guys were going to choke on their drool. How pathetic and ridiculous they look. I just sighed heavily and sent out a group message that I was inviting everyone to the party on Saturday. After all, I've been in the school longer than Rebecca, and I've built up quite a reputation. Plus, my parties are legendary. But no one showed up on Saturday. I, of course, was outraged, so I tried to find out where everyone had gone. As it turned out, Rebecca was also having a party that day, and everyone went to her place because she had a pool and a cool DJ was playing. This is outrageous! I yelled out. I was so angry, I smashed a carafe full of punch. I couldn't take it anymore, and I went to the party too. I wanted to know what I was being traded for. There was lots of delicious food and drinks. Guys were swimming in the pool, and the DJ was rocking the crowd on the dance floor. Whatever. Nothing fancy, just a regular party. Mine would be cooler. When Rebecca approached me with a tray of snacks on it, I gave her an arrogant look and smacked her on the arm. And all the food went flying onto the ground. Who do you think you are? You come to our school and decide you're in charge? No, that's not going to work. I'm in charge. You're nobody and will stay that way if you continue to show off. The new girl started crying. I was pleased with myself for bringing Rebecca to tears but I didn't expect all the boys to turn against me. The boys immediately started calming her down. Why did you come here? You've only spoiled everyone's mood. Get lost! 
Their bluntness made me gasp for air. Rebecca was embraced by my admirers, and I was supposed to leave? What? Am I in a parallel universe? I had no other choice. I left the party in tears. The next day, I was in for a real shock. Mark gifted Rebecca a red Porsche. He was moved by the girl's tears that he decided to cheer her up. Happy Rebecca hugged the boy and kissed him on the cheek while I burned with jealousy and anger. Porsche? Seriously? Just over some tears? If I had known it was that easy, I'd be throwing tantrums for Mark every week. I wanted to throw rotten eggs at that car, but that would probably ruin my reputation even more. Instead, I decided to be friends with Rebecca, and then after, I discovered all her secrets. Destroy her. But as soon as I approached the new girl, she was immediately surrounded by her high school football players, who used to carry me in their arms. Stay away from her. One of them said, I just wanted to talk. You already talked once and made Rebecca cry. We won't let her get hurt. You go near her again, and we won't let you get away with it. Got it? Threatened the other one. Holy crap. Are they all crazy? Maybe Rebecca had some kind of magic and put a spell on all the guys. I thought nobody would ever look at me now, but I still had admirers outside of school. So I decided to start dating one of those motorbike guys who did a race in my honor back then. His name was Zach. He won, by the way. We drove up to the supermarket on this awesome motorbike, and we looked great. Right up until the moment when Rebecca and Mark pulled up in their limo. They made us look lame and ridiculous. At the store, Mark was buying Rebecca everything she pointed her finger at, and I had to choke down a cheap candy bar because my boyfriend spent most of his money on gas. Hey, I caught Mark by the arm and took him aside. Do you know she's taking advantage of you? Rebecca's a nice girl, and she's not capable of that. You, on the other hand, really liked my money, and you were the one who wanted to take advantage of me, so back off. He pushed me away and walked over to Rebecca holding a brand new purse. No, that's not how it works. If this little upstart thought she could outshine me, she's dead wrong, because I wasn't about to give up without a fight. First, I decided to find out more about who Rebecca was. Luckily, my boyfriend's dad was a cop, so I was able to get some information about her. Turns out, Rebecca and I went to the same primary schools. I immediately remembered an invisible girl who I used to make fun of a lot. No one ever noticed her because all the attention was on me. Was she now determined to get back at me? I also found out that one time, Rebecca got into a serious fight with some girl and her parents got a fine. Hmm, why don't I just get her involved in a fight? Then her reputation would definitely be ruined. Well, why would you do that, Cassie? Zach asked while waxing his bike. I want my reputation back. I want everyone to lose their head over me again. But you already have me. Why do you need others? The guy hugged me, and I wanted to scream at his stupidity. What do you mean, why? Zach was not the best option. I wanted guys like Mark, not poor guys on motorbikes. You wouldn't understand. It's, you know, a girl thing. I giggled stupidly. The next day, I did my best to provoke Rebecca, but she remained calm and I was about to say goodbye to my reputation at school forever when I overheard a very interesting conversation. Rebecca was talking to my classmate and telling her how annoying Mark was and that she only puts up with him because of the money. She also added that she's sick of all her followers and that she wanted to steal my boyfriend. Wow, that was unexpected. It's a good thing I filmed the whole thing. I told Zach about it 
but he wasn't supportive. Well, why don't you post that video for all to see? It'll only help her, and now she's suffering. But then everyone will be disappointed in her and I'll go back to being Miss Perfect. To me, you're already perfect, and I would never look at someone like Rebecca. I don't know why, but his words really impressed me. No one had ever said anything to me like that before. And Zack was able to surprise me and make me feel good without money or gifts. But despite that, I didn't want to back down from my plan. Putting the video online was too easy. What about playing it during our traditional end of school year ball? The effect would be amazing. For me, of course. When I got to the prom, I wasn't surprised to see all the guys hanging around Rebecca. Hardly anyone paid any attention to me. And I was about to give the memory stick to the prom host when I noticed something. Rebecca was reluctantly dancing with every guy and kept looking at me. I noticed the look of dissatisfaction on her face. Well, of course, but I couldn't care less about her and the new girl just wanted to make me suffer. I look at the memory stick, smiled, and put it away in my clutch. Zach was right. There's no need to ruin anything because Rebecca, sooner or later, will ruin everything herself when she gets tired of the circus. I left the ball with a happy look on my face and went to my boyfriend's. So shall we go for a ride on the bike? I asked. Whatever you want. He answered. For the first time, I enjoyed our time together. We went to a secluded place, watched the sunset, and cuddled. At that moment, I didn't care about Mark or my reputation at school, and I certainly didn't care about Rebecca. But on the very last day of school, something interesting happened. As I walked down the corridor, I was suddenly attacked from behind. It was Rebecca. She started a fight right in front of everyone. You always piss me off. You drive me crazy now. I've done everything I can to ruin your reputation, and you don't even respond to it, she yelled. Everyone was shocked, and I pulled out one of her tricks and started crying. All the guys immediately ran up to me to console me. Even Mark came to my defense. That was the moment Rebecca destroyed herself and ran away from school in shame. You were right about her, Mark said. I'm sorry I didn't believe you at first. Do you want to go out sometime? He smiled and took my hand. Get lost, I said calmly. I'm not interested in people like you anymore. Everyone was shocked when I blew off this rich kid. I was relieved. I got my reputation back. Mark asked me out on a date and I had the nerve to reject him in front of everyone. And then there was my boyfriend, Zach, waiting for me outside of school, who wouldn't trade me for any Rebecca. Being perfect is great, and being surrounded by admirers is fine too, but it's more important to be surrounded by people who see more than just your perfect looks. They see your soul. Zach made me realize that, and now I'm happy. Do you consider yourself a perfect person? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested in reading them. And be sure to share this video with your friends. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.